Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jody Mack, going to put the phones aside for a couple of minutes, take a couple of minutes and punch up an on-point guest, the NCAA tournament rolling right along. And, uh, well, unfortunately, neither of the games have been competitive yet today. Uh, and we'll see if this one, it's not going to get competitive with only two and a half minutes to go. Blowout win by uh, Michigan and Gonzaga won easily earlier. Here to tell us about what we've already seen today, what we can look forward to in the two games yet to come today, and how the Elite Eight is shaping up from uh, hopping on the uh, telephone lines with us from the Athletic College Basketball Insider. C.J. Moore joins me on CBS Sports Radio. C.J. Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? Doing well. How about yourself, man? Very good. Uh, Appreciate you hopping on board. Did you see two blowouts coming today? I thought Gonzaga would win, didn't know if it would be handily or not, and I actually thought Florida State had a chance to pick off Michigan. Uh, How much have you been surprised by the fact that Truthfully, neither one of these games has been competitive. Not a ton. You know, I thought Florida State, Michigan might be a little bit closer. But, um, you know, I've been kind of fading the ACC throughout this tournament. I I just don't think the league was that good. And um, I think you've seen that. And and Michigan, I just think, is a significantly better team. And it played out probably like it should be. Obviously, you had a little pause. I think most people have had a little pause with, with Michigan when it comes to then because of Isaiah Livers being out, who's who's a really, really important piece to them. But um, I, I think they've they've shown themselves pretty well, and they're just such a smart basketball team. They, I mean, they just take care of business, and that's what they did today. Understood and uh, well put. Uh, but there was one thing in there that uh, I do want to follow up with. You've been fading the ACC, and I'm not saying you're wrong to do so, but that would be almost a death knell in previous years in the tournament gone by. Mm-hmm. What happened to the ACC this year? You know, leagues, it's kind of cyclical when it comes to leagues, right? Like the Pac-12 has been down forever. And um, look, at, look at that league this, this, during this NCAA tournament. But um, the league was just down for whatever reason. I mean, Virginia wasn't as good as Virginia usually is. Um, you know, Florida State lost a couple pros off last year's roster. And, you know, so it's impressive that they're even here. And, you know, North Carolina and Duke just weren't as good as they usually are. And, you can kind of go down the list. So um, the, the league just wasn't great for, for whatever reason. You know, with, with Duke, they're so reliant on freshmen these last handful of years, and the freshmen just weren't that good this year. And you're going to know these things ahead of time. You could have figured it out about the ACC. 
tell me you saw the Pac-10 rolling in this tournament, Pac-12, excuse me, before it yeah. got underway, because I didn't. No, no, I don't think I did. And, um, you know, with the, with the abbreviated shorter non-conference this year, I don't think we necessarily got a chance to see these teams all play each other in the non-conference. And, and so because the Pac-12 has been down for so long, um, I don't think I, I think people kind of, you know, didn't give the Pac-12 the benefit of the doubt. And then, you know, also you look at the metrics and the Pac-12 didn't rate this highly during the year. Obviously, they're looking better now, but um, it's, it's definitely been a surprise to, to see the Pac-12. Like, like how is the, that UCLA team, the way they're playing, like how are they an 11 seed? Like, it's, it's pretty unreal. And uh, you got to play the play-in game and then get on the roll like they have has been impressive. Give credit to Mick Cronin and his squad for what they've already accomplished. John Parado, USA Today, NCAA Insider, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Jody Mack, uh, who did I say? John Parado. No, C.J. Moore from The Athletic coming up uh, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Um, I mentioned Mick Cronin. Some people questioned him jumping from Cincinnati to UCLA. There's been a little bit of a uh, revolving door out there in Pauley Pavilion. Uh, the sights are set so high. If you're old enough to remember back to the wooden days and what it was to be the head coach of the UCLA Bruins, um, others have tried and not been able to either hold down a job or keep it at a high level. Uh, Cronin has just gotten his new program underway, but this is a nice little first full season run out for him. Do you think he's a good fit for UCLA? And if so, why? Well, I think he's a really, really good basketball coach. So when you're a blue blood program, I think that's the goal, right? Is to get a really, really good basketball coach. Now, maybe he didn't necessarily fit, um, you know, didn't have a ton of West coast experience and, and maybe his style of play, you know, is kind of slower, more defensive minded. Um, you, you could say that wasn't like, doesn't fit UCLA, but I think winning fits UCLA and I think he's going to do a lot of that going forward. And he's a, he's a really good basketball coach. So um, in, in that way, I say it's a good fit. Agreed. If you can coach, you're supposed to be able to coach anywhere on the planet. Uh, they've got their work cut out for them because you've got a high-powered Alabama that they're going to have to try and clamp down on tonight. And they have impressed me so far in the tournament. Is UCLA's defense up for the task against the Tide? Yeah, I think UCLA has actually got a pretty good shot. Like, I, I, I don't anticipate this will be a blowout. Um, I, I'd still probably take UC or Alabama to win, but, like, I think UCLA, you know, if you're a gambling type, like, I'd, I'd probably take UCLA to cover. Um, I think that their big wings will be able to match up fairly well with, you know, Bama's got some big wings as well. And and um, I don't think the talent is, like, super far off. Like, Alabama's good. But like Alabama's not out of this world talented, um, you know. It's a it's a really nice roster. They they play a fun style. Um, I think people have maybe gone a little nuts on on how good Alabama is, but 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 it is a good team, and Nate Oates has done a tremendous job. So um, I, I think this will be a, a way more fun game than than what we've seen so far. Because yeah, two duds so far today. And then uh, later tonight, we've got the two Pac-12 teams facing off. 
You get this in the regular season. You don't usually get it in a Sweet 16 matchup, but that's exactly what it is with the seven-seed Ducks taking on the six-seed Trojans, Oregon versus USC. They did play once during the season. They were scheduled to play twice. One game was Mm -hmm. postponed, a.k.a. canceled uh, with COVID considerations, and USC was able to beat Oregon. I don't want to say handily, but uh, was somewhat decisive. How much does an in-season, regular season game mean when two teams rematch in the tournament? I don't know that it matters a ton. Uh, like, like you go back, to, I mean, you can go through tournament history and, and see times where it, it hasn't mattered. Like Kansas in 1988, for instance, I think the, its last three games, its last three losses that year were, were K-State, Duke, and Oklahoma. And its last three wins in the NCAA tournament were K-State, Duke, in Oklahoma. So like teams have, you know, beat teams that they couldn't beat in the regular season. Um, so I, I think this is probably close to a coin flip. Dane Altman is such a good coach and such a good tournament coach. And um, I think that one will be close too. I, I probably lean USC a little bit after watching the way USC played last weekend. But uh, you know, if they can somehow get that Isaiah Mobley to, to show up again, then Holy cow! Like that's a that's a dangerous team, but uh, I, you know, with the matchup zone and, and the way Oregon can can switch up its defenses, I think that's always a tough team to play in the tournament. And it's now final. Michigan ends up winning seventy six fifty eight, so uh, less than twenty, but basically a game that turned into a blot in the second half. Um, jo- Joanna Howard, first full season as the Michigan head coach. I think he wisely added some good assistant coaches coming back from the NBA to jump back into college basketball to help him out, including Phil Martelli, who I'm a fan of, know from his Philadelphia days. Uh, How good a job has Howard done at all with his staff since he's taken over that Michigan program? Oh, really? You know, he he built his staff really wisely, and and then also I think he's done a good job building the roster. Like, you know, uh, there are a few holdovers from the – John Beeline era, and uh, you know Franz Wagner. While while he never played for Beeline, was was a Beeline recruit and is a huge, huge piece of this team. But you know Hunter Dickinson is, is obviously a Jawan Howard recruit, and then you know the two transfers, John D, John D. Brown and um, Mike Smith, have have been huge, huge, huge this year. I love Mike Smith, like such a smart point guard. Um, so I think he's done a really good job building this roster, and 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 I think it's. You know, he, he, the Duke can coach. Like, it is obvious the Duke can coach. They play really smart, fundamentally sound, great basketball. Um, I, I think, you know, scheme-wise, he's, he's done a really good job. So that, that's looking like a great hire for Michigan because he's recruiting his butt off as well. Yes, he is. And you mentioned the two uh, transfers that are major contributors for him. I, like you, am a big Smith fan. The transferring has become a big part of college athletics, the two major sports that we talk about, are, of course, men's football and men's basketball. Uh, I can't speak to how many women are transferring that are leading programs to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight on the women's side. I probably should, but I'm being honest and say that I don't uh, know that that's the case. But the, it has become a norm and something that you have to be able to do if you want to compete on the highest of high levels. Is that a good thing for college basketball or a not-so-good thing? I mean, it depends how you look at it. Like, I, you know, you'd rather not see so many kids leaving. And, and um, you know, especially it's like the mid-major level when they're transferring up. It's, it's tough for those schools to, to 
build, you know, because in mid-major team, like you want to build an older roster and have kids grow up together, recruiting classes grow up together, and it's tough to do that. But at the same time, like what's what fascinates people about the NBA? A lot of times it's free agency. So this is college basketball's free agency, so it maybe, you know, generates a little off-season late interest in, in college basketball. So I don't think it's as bad as maybe some people make it to be. But, um, you know, I, I wish not as many guys were transferring. Um, but but I am I do like the rule that you, you don't have to sit out, at least on the first time, because like, there's so many kids that end up making the wrong choice in recruiting. Um, you know, sometimes they need a do-over. How much do you think it has been, and they've done a good job of keeping it under wraps, or could be, if it hasn't been yet, a problem in the NCAA because, you know, anytime there's flexibility, one of the deterrents of you had to sit out a year if you wanted to transfer was people didn't want to sit out a year. So when you made that move, you had to seriously think about it. You had to be seriously unhappy where you are and have utter faith in where you're going. Now you just fill out the paperwork, jump into the portal, boom, you're on a new team, which can lend itself to recruiting when players are already committed to universities, playing for those teams and the like, and the NCAA's got to play an even bigger role as a watchdog. How big a problem is it, or do you think it will become one, or do you think everyone's adjusted to it and everybody's playing nice and not cheating? I I, I think it's a little overblown. Um, Let me ask you this. Have you enjoyed watching Baylor in this NCAA tournament? Absolutely. Team with a lot of transfers. Yes. Gonzaga has always hit the transfer market hard. Uh, now they're just getting, you know, they used to recruit five stars from as transfers. Now they're uh, getting them right out of high school. So a l- little different for that program, but has always hit the transfer market hard. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I still think the game is really, really entertaining. I wish there were maybe a few less transfers. And sometimes, to be honest with you, like that year, that year off is sometimes good for a lot of players. But – um, I don't think the product is going to be hurt that, you know, the, the entertainment value is going to be hurt that much from, from the number of transfers we're going to see. C.J. Moore from The Athletic, our guest talking NCAA hoops with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Sometime, hopefully, within the next six months, I hope it doesn't go a full year, uh, but the ability to uh, generate your own income as an NCAA athletic participant is being uh, – battled out in the courts. Uh, Some states have already signed off on it and just need federal approval. Um, There's a chance that we could see something within the next six months. And uh, there are some college athletes that are pretty damn popular on social media and going to be able to turn this into a profit for themselves. Will this be a case of the rich getting richer? Um, that the high-level programs, the top-level programs, are not only going to be able to get the best players, but they're going to be able to keep them, not guys going to the transfer portal because you're on TV more often, you're on ESPN, you're on CBS, you're on Fox, you're on all these college games uh, channels. That's only going to help your uh, platform and your program and your overall branding. Um, How big a deal is this going to be, other than it's going to put dollars in the pockets of some kids that deserve it, but will it have an impact on the integrity of a major sport like NCAA basketball? I, I honestly don't think so. I think however the rules are, the best, you know, the, the, the programs that are on TV the most that we all know are always going to be able to get, recruit better than everybody else. And, you know, players are going to end up wherever they are, wherever they go, most likely, no matter what the rules are. So uh, I'm all about it. You know, let's, let's, let these kids be able to to 
um, profit off their, their name, image, and likeness. Um, I, I don't see a problem with it, so I think it's a good thing. But, no, I, I think the, like, um, thought that for some reason, like, Duke, Duke's already getting all five-star guys, right? Like, Kentucky's already getting all five-star guys. They're, they're just going to continue to get those guys. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. Fair enough. All right. Uh, with the win by Michigan, we now have seven teams that we know that are in, or six teams that we know are in the final eight. Three ones, a two, a three. If Alabama wins, it'll be three ones, two twos, a three, and a 12. Oregon State is the outlier at 12, and either a six mm-hmm. or a seven is going to advance out of the Oregon and uh, USC game. There were some pretty good Cinderella stories early here in the tournament. If we end up with three ones and two twos in the final eight, is it back to business as usual? And, yeah, there is a reason they play the regular season so we can figure out yeah. who the teams are going to be getting to the Elite Eight and then the Final Four? This is usually the way the NCAA tournament plays out, right? There's <laughs> chaos the first weekend. And by the time you get to the, first, the second weekend, like it, it kind of calms down and the, the great teams advance and, and you get to see the great teams play the great teams. It's honestly like I love the first weekend. But usually I like the second weekend better because that's when you start to see the really good teams play each other. Um, I, I think there were four teams that were on another level this year in college basketball. I think Illinois is one of them. Illinois just had a bad game and a bad matchup against the Chicago. But, um, you know, I, I think we're seeing how good Michigan, Baylor, and Gonzaga were this year. Like it wasn't – that was real. And, right. and, and I anticipate those teams – you know, at least two of those teams will get to the Final Four, if not three. So – um, yeah, I, I think the Elite Eight and Final Four could be really, really entertaining. I know today has been slightly disappointing, but I, I feel like the Elite Eight and Final Four games could be really good. And let me add to this. See if you're in the same boat that I am here. Uh, watch enough college basketball during the year. It just felt wrong. And I watch the NBA and the NHL. NFL mm-hmm. had some fans in the stand. Baseball is going to have fans in the stand. And they had limited in the postseason last year, but it was basically playing in front of empty stadiums. I miss the crowd more in college basketball than I did in any other sport. It just wasn't what I know as college basketball. And I felt that way during the regular season a ton. I thought I would even feel it more in the NCAA tournament, but maybe because the basketball has been good enough or the Cinderella story has been compelling enough, I really haven't missed it here in the NCAA, which I thought I would miss it worse. How have you dealt with uh, limited, if any, crowds at all at basketball games this year. What a, kind of effect has it had on you as a college basketball fan? Well, you know, I think in the tournament and, and even throughout the year, like I feel like the intensity has always still been pretty good. Um, you know, but there is nothing like a home, you know, a college basketball game on a college campus. That energy and, and juice that you get from, the you know, the players can get from the student section and, like, there's like a, a, as far as live sporting events go, in a in a like you know, a live arena or whatever. There's not much better than college basketball. Like I live in Kansas City, and I go to a lot of Kansas games at Allen Fieldhouse. Like, if you've never done that, that should be on your bucket list as a sports fan because <laughs> the energy in that building, like you just there, there's nothing like it. You know, so I do think you know the regular season. Yeah, we missed it, but I think the intensity and. And, um, you know, these kids still want it just as bad, even though there's barely any people in the stands in the NCAA tournament. I'm with you. I don't, I don't think it's suffered as much. Like, 
I would be a little bit better if we had fans and these, you know, imagine a full Hinkle Fieldhouse. But it has been really cool to, to you know, see all these teams playing in, in some of these venues like Hinkle and, and all being in the same place. I know talking to a lot of the coaches, they're like, it's, it's neat to have all the teams here. And like, it's, you know, it's almost like a team camp where, where you, you see the other guys on the elevator and, you know, it gets your juices flowing. So I think the, um, the, the the setup has been pretty good is you know best best they could do for the NCAA and I I think they were smart to all move it all to one city. All right, last thing and I will will apologize in advance to all the Gonzaga fans out there, but I'm sorry I made my predictions and I'm sticking by them and it uh, generates my last question. I picked Gonzaga to win out and win the tournament here and become the first undefeated team in 45 years. Uh, I just think they've been better than anybody else, and they've got a dynamite head coach, so I think that will uh, do them well in this tournament, and they've got a couple games left to win before they can pull off that feat. If they do, can we just evaluate it for what it is? and say it's the first undefeated team in 45 years, not trying to adjust the narrative, yeah, but they didn't get to play their whole preseason, and they didn't play as many games as teams have been asked to play in uh, these last 5, 10, 15 years. And uh, the one chance they had to take on Baylor in the regular season that got postponed by COVID. Well, that's not their fault. Undefeated is undefeated, and oh, by the way, I think it's going to be a dynamite Final Four, and if they run the table, we should put them on the pedestal they've earned and deserved. Are there going to be naysayers and nitpickers if they do this? Well, probably just because it's Gonzaga, right? You know, I say, well, they don't play in a league, yada, 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 yada. Gonzaga's a terrific program, and I hope there's not. Like, like, you know, if if they went out, they'll deserve it and, and deserve all the praise because, hey, like back in the day, they didn't play as many games. So you know, are, are we are we hating on those teams that that used to to go undefeated when when they didn't play as many games back then? So and, and the tournament wasn't as expanded to to sixty four like way back when. So I, I I still think it is a uh, tremendous accomplishment, and hopefully we get Baylor Gonzaga because I think that would be an awesome final game. I think Gonzaga or I think Baylor would have a great shot. Like I I think Gonzaga is awesome. And I understand why you would pick them, but I, I think Baylor could give them a game. Yeah, another reason why uh, they shouldn't even have to face this is the questions, that is, uh, is there's a good chance they're going to have to play Michigan in the Final Four. So they're going to have to go through both Michigan and Baylor before they get to uh, that undefeated status, uh, which to me just uh, stamps the accomplishment. I hope that we aren't uh, dealing with any nitpickers or naysayers. Uh, You certainly were not. I appreciate you coming on board and giving us all the insight for the last 20 minutes. CJ, thank you much. Continue to enjoy the action. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 